Global Crisis Bible Prophecy Health and Preparedness You're just in time. 11th Hour Dispatch Father in heaven, we ask for your spirit and your blessing to be with us as we take a look at these world events and and try to understand your will and your perspective and the Bible more clearly. Give us understanding. Help us to discern the times and to love Jesus with all our hearts. In his name we pray. Amen. Welcome to 11th Hour Dispatch. I am your host, Scott Ritzema, for another 30-minute news broadcast. And I'll tell you something, folks, this is a big day, not only because, well, frankly, every day on the broadcast is a loaded news day because the events in our world are just are, are quickening, they're, they're increasing their intensity and pace, but we've got a lot of news to cover. But first, I've just got to say, praise the Lord thanking him and and giving him the glory today that Strong Tower Radio is on the air in Grand Rapids, Michigan. That's exciting for me personally because I'm a Grand Rapids native. So having the honor and privilege for 11th Hour Dispatch to be on Strong Tower Radio is even more exciting for me now being able to be on the air with my hometown people in Grand Rapids. Now, of course, this this show is online. People pick up the MP3s and the iTunes podcast around the world. So it's not only a local station, a local uh, broadcast, rather, but this 30-minute news slot, this is for anybody who's trying to understand the crazy times in which we live from a biblical perspective. And not to just have some like shock and awe experience, and and yes, it is intense what's happening in our world, but so that we might not have fear and alarm in our hearts, but we might have the peace that transcends all understanding. And I'll tell you, these are times that try men's souls. Sometimes I don't know whether to laugh or cry, Ontario, to introduce gender-neutral driver's licenses and health cards in 2017, Toronto Star reports. Gender-neutral. Now, you've heard this controversy going all over the place, but it doesn't end there. Fox News reports, and these are all just headlines from the past couple of days. Fox News reports in Iowa, quote, some churches must comply with gender, transgender bathroom laws. The top topic of the year transgender bathroom controversy issues, now even heading into the churches of Iowa, perhaps, and going nationwide after that. Who knows what's going to come next in these unbelievable times in which we live. Newsmax reports, the dating website ChristianMingle.com must now provide dating options for gay people, according to a settlement in a California case. The Wall Street Journal reported that two gay men sued the website after they found no options for meeting gay men who profess to be Christians. The men said the site arbitrarily and intentionally excluded gay and lesbian people, which was a violation of California's Civil Rights Act that requires businesses to provide equal services regardless of sexual 
orientation. And this is the same basis for which they have persecuted bakers and t-shirt printers and people that have wedding facilities or reception facilities. If you don't endorse and get on board with something that you view as immoral and that you can't participate in, well, this is now called a civil rights violation and you're sued and you're subject to discrimination statutes. So we report on that kind of thing regularly on the news broadcast. I don't want to spend the whole segment on that, but my friends, this is a serious religious liberties issue. One of the things that we really hit on hard on 11th Hour Dispatch is the idea that religious freedom is peeling away. It's melting away. It's it's being rolled back, curtailed. Religious liberty is under attack in a major way. And so stay tuned for the broadcasts. Listen to the old uh, MP3s at 11thHourDispatch.com. That's 1-1-T-H, 11th, our, dispatch.com. You'll hear a whole lot more on that. But we've got a lot to cover. UK Mail reports, scientists use unnerving trick to plant false experiences into people's brains. The idea that people can interfere with others' thoughts and implant things in their minds was made famous by the 2010 film Inception. Now, this is an article explaining a mind control method that they've actually identified in scientific research. We're going to get more into that in a moment. But this movie, Inception, I've never seen this. In fact, I do seminars just about every weekend explaining to families what the effects of entertainment media are. And that's what you hear a lot during the breaks is the little little informational venues, vignettes saying, hey, you know, this is affecting us in a serious way. Inception was a movie that was viewed by a professional hypnotist named Mark J. Ryan on, on disc two of Media on the Brain. That's a six DVD set that Belt of Truth Ministries put out. Belt of Truth Ministries is, is the ministry that, that I normally work with. 11th Hour Dispatch is a radio show separate from that. But anyway, Belt of Truth Ministries puts out Media on the Brain, six DVD set. Well, disc two has a video of this professional hypnotist talking about how he saw the movie Inception and he said, this was the best movie I've ever seen because it did a really good job of hypnotizing people. And it gets people into the subconscious state and enters information and perspective, belief, uh, mind-shaping, life-changing, brainwashing is what I would call it. But he says he's celebrating it because he's a professional at this. He says they did such a good job at it. But then he decries a lot of what's going on in Hollywood. He says all Hollywood studios are doing the same thing. But a lot of what's happening is nefarious. His word. Mark J. Ryan, professional hypnotist. Watch the clips in disc two of Media on the Brain. Unbelievable expose that he does. And he says it's nefarious. The advertisers are getting in there and affecting you in ways you're not even aware of. So anyway, all that background. Now here's the study. The concept of implanting ideas in people's minds is not completely science fiction, according to a group of researchers at Brown University. The scientists have discovered a way to implant associations in people's brains without the subjects being aware of it happening. The idea that people can interfere with others' thoughts, of course, is, uh, you know, something that you would expect from sci-fi. But they're saying, working with colleagues in Japan, scientists at Brown University have been studying how a functional magnetic resonance machine, fMRI, can induce knowledge in someone through their visual cortex 
by sending signals that change their brain activity pattern. This process is called decoded neurofeedback, or DECNEF. So what in the world is decoded neurofeedback? How can they alter brain activity by giving data, information, visual images to the visual cortex? It says, in a recent breakthrough, the group used a new technique technique to surreptitiously train a small group of volunteers in associate to uh, to associate vertical stripes with the color red and horizontal stripes with the color green the people taking part thought they were seeing the color red when looking at black and white stripes because their brain had been conditioned to view the stripes as red but then they changed it to black and white and people said well it's red well, actually, it was black and white. And they had no idea that their, they were, their brain was being tricked. That reminds me of a study back in the 1950s. And the, it was a social science experiment, like a behavioral psych sort of, you know, social groupthink type of experience. And the researcher showed people on a card lines, like three different lines. One was marked A, one was marked B, and one was marked C. And... A was a short line, B was a long line, and C was a medium line, medium length. Then he showed him a card with a line on it that was not marked, but it matched one of the three lines on the card marked A, B, or C. Then what he did was he had a bunch of people in on the study who, who were tricking the actual subjects of the study, the people that would come in not knowing that, that they were actually being experimented upon and everybody else was actors. So they, he would have this whole lineup of actors who would deliberately answer wrong. So he'd hold up a card and he'd say, well, which, which line does this line match? When it was really, really obvious that he's holding up a line that matches A or matches B or matches C. But what he instructed the actors to do was answer incorrectly all unanimously. So they would all say the wrong answer, and then it, they would put the the guinea pig at the end, and he's looking at everybody else's answer, and he's like, well, his brain knows that that's wrong, but the group is all coalescing around this incorrect deception. So many of these people who were experimented on answered incorrectly. On purpose, because they didn't want to stand out. Now, isn't that a spiritual analogy for us as Christians? I mean, yeah, this whole mind control research study, that that has some pretty serious implications for those of us who value free and independent thought based upon the Bible and freedom of conscience and not, not conscience and not being deceived. You want to know that your thoughts, you're not under some sort of mind control system. So to see the science moving that direction is, is quite interesting, but just in a general social groupthink mindset, it's truly amazing to see people intentionally answer wrong because they want to fit in. Now, even more amazingly, some of the guinea pigs, would not literal guinea pigs, people who were being experimented upon, some of these people would answer incorrectly, but they would think that they had the right answer. So the group literally changed their perception of reality, just like, what we saw here, how they can trick the brain into thinking something through cues to the visual cortex. 
So who knows what they'll find next. Indeed, interesting times. But I wanted to quick hit on some economic news and global uh, European Union consolidation news. George Soros has predicted, if you don't know who that is, top hedge fund manager, multi-billionaire, one of the most wealthy, powerful elites on the planet, okay? George Soros has predicted, quote, a crisis in the financial markets comparable in severity only to that of 2007-2008. That is a serious wake-up call. He says, this has been unfolding in slow motion. Yep. But Brexit, and by the way, unfolding in slow motion over the past year or so, and that was why I wanted to get on doing a radio show, getting the word out about the unfolding, not just economic crisis, but increasing in wars and rumors of wars. You see earthquakes on the rise. You see civil unrest. You see the moral collapse of society, the breakdown of the family. I mean, there's some incredibly, really, really concerning trends that all reflect biblical prophecy. So we know that we're increasing our acceleration in pace toward the second coming of Christ, which is good news. Even as we see the world falling apart, we can rest in the hope and the joy that Jesus is coming soon. But he says, this has been unfolding in slow motion. Yes, indeed it has. That's why I've wanted to get the word out about this and a whole lot going on with the EU as well. We'll get into more of it. But my friends, the most important thing of all is this. Remember, perfect love drives out all fear, the Bible says. And are you fixing your eyes upon Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith? You're listening to 11th Hour Dispatch with author, teacher, and speaker Scott Ritzmer. For more programs and information, visit 11thHourDispatch.com. What does it take to raise spiritually strong young people in our homes? Well, the George Barna research results are in. Parents who have had actual measurable success, who have raised their children to become solid Christian young adults, these parents actually spent hours per day in dialogue with their children. They were good listeners. They actually spent large quantities of quality time investing in their relationship with their kids. Any parents with children in the home need to know this. Write down the DVD title and share it with them right away. It's called How to Raise the Remnant. Now more than ever, parents are in desperate need of solid biblical counsel to guide us back to God's plan for raising godly children in these last days. Visit 11thHourDispatch.com and use promo code RADIO for a reduced suggested donation rate. Wonderful, merciful Savior, precious Redeemer and friend, who would have thought that a lamb could rescue the souls of men? Oh, you rescue the souls of men. And we're back. This is 11th Hour Dispatch. The website, 11thHourDispatch.com. We're getting into some more news in this segment from Washington Post, this one first. Americans who want more time in their lives are happier than those who want more money, according to new research published in the Journal of Social Psychology and Personal Science. Across a range of surveys and experiments involving 
4,400 people. Researchers at UCLA and Wharton School found that nearly two-thirds of respondents said they'd prefer having more money over more time. But the people who opted for more time were happier for with their lives. What they found across all of their experiments was remarkably consistent. Across all groups, we find a consistent relationship between choosing more time over money and happiness. Not only that, but the respondents who indicated the strongest preferences for more time were also the most happy. In other words, the people, the more people preferred time over money, the happier they were. Is what the Bible said now finally realized from the research? You didn't need research to know this, that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It's not going to bring happiness. We should be storing up our treasures in heaven. But the pursuit for material possession, the constant affluenza, the need and the disease to consume and acquire more and more pleasurable experiences, goods and services, all of this binging on stuff. It shows in the research that people who want more are less happy because they're not content. Paul says, I have learned the secret to be content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. He figured out the true secret. It's not a secret. God has revealed it in his word. There's a false counterfeit thing called the secret out there. You can just envision and self-actualize your reality and all this weird spiritualist pop psychology, new age mumbo jumbo that's being promoted on some of the biggest programs on television. But the Apostle Paul found contentment. He was in prison when he wrote that, that he said that we can have a peace that transcends all understanding. This is the book of Philippians. When he wrote that we should rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. What did he have in his life? A pursuit for wealth and possessions? No, a pursuit for souls. And if only I had more time to reach more people. He wrote in his letters, I want to come to you. I don't know if I will be able to, if the Lord will permit me. The people in this research study from the Journal of Social Psychology and Personal Science, they discovered that Two to one, people want more money versus more time in their lives. Rather than, you know, the people who want more time, what kind of people are those? Those are people with a passion, with a purpose. Those are people with so much to accomplish in their life because they're just on fire with energy to do some good thing that doesn't involve just acquiring more possessions. The people that want more money, well, they would just say, I'll just take the money. Two to one, people want more money versus more time. The people who want more time in their life, are happier. And the more strongly they favor that preference, the happier they are. This is no surprise to the Christian who believes in the Bible, but it's fun to see. So what's your purpose? What's your passion in life? Where do you derive your energy? Why do you wake up in the morning? Do you wake up with a desire to see souls one to Jesus Christ? Do you wake up with a desire to pursue truth, to accomplish great things, to bless and uplift others? If we don't have that desire, if it's all about self-pleasing, then we're fulfilling what it says in 2 Timothy, that it says men will just become lovers of themselves, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. This is the spiritual sickness of our age, selfishness. 
It's a sign of the end times, the fact that it's two to one. This is another sign of the times that we see in our, in our world, in our culture today. Men indeed are simply seeking for the God of mammon. And the Bible says you cannot serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and be devoted to the other, or you will despise the one and love the other. But you cannot serve both God and money. Money is a tool. Wealth is a uh, means of providing the needs of you and your loved ones and extending the work of God through mission work, through the church, through self-supporting ministries, through radio, publications, all of these. This all takes money. So money is an important asset in the cause of God. And it's not meant, it's God's, first of all, right? It doesn't belong to us. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. So let's not get our mind set on this thing like it's mine. It's God's. And, and, and the Bible does say thou shalt not steal. So we don't want to also have the idea, well, somebody else can just come and take it. No, we, we are stewards. We are guardians. We are entrusted with using it wisely to uplift others, to extend the gospel, to take care of needs unnecessarily frivolous consumptions of our age are indeed a sign of the times, but we can be the counter example to that, the counter culture to this trend. All of these signs of the times of the cultural collapse that we see all around us in the, the crisis of the, uh, the, the, the fall of the modern moral compass. We are to be living examples that shine like stars in a dark universe is what Paul said in Philippians. Shifting gears into another topic in Daily Mail, we read, what's the best thing you can do to avoid dementia? Answer, exercise. Being active in middle age prevents Alzheimer's disease. So even beginning at age 40, by exercising daily, you are staving off Alzheimer's that would come 30 years later. In fact, any intensity level, even just walking the dog every day, or being a vigorous mountain climber. All of them have neurological benefits, cognitive benefits to enhance and continue and perpetuate mental strength well into the elderly years. Scientists looked at a range of lifestyle factors over 20 years from age 40 to age 60. There was another study too, by the way, that the more television that you watch from, I think it started at age 20, the more likely you are to have dementia. So get off the couch, turn the TV off, get outside, whatever exercise you enjoy. It's the most important factor in preventing dementia. So every year counts. Don't wait and say, well, when I'm in my elderly years and I'm concerned about early onsets of you know, mental decline, then I'll start taking my health seriously. Well, you know, even if you're 25 and you're like, well, this study, study doesn't apply to me because I'm not 40 yet. You know, when we exercise, it improves cognitive function right now. And what does cognitive function mean? Most people just think about that in terms of, well, I'm going to be smarter. And if my brain's better, I'm going to be smarter. And okay, really, I'm not that worried about that. I feel smart enough. I'm good. No, 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 no. Brain function is about more than just how well you do on a test if you're in college or whatever. Brain function is everything about our personality and our character and our spiritual life and how we perceive emotional experiences and how we overcome 
impulses and how we deal with emotions in our lives and anxiety and stress and temptation and lust and appetite. I mean, all of this is happening in our brain. This is like spiritual epicenter number one. You don't really do any thinking with any part of your body, right? It's your brain where you do your decision, where the will is. So I want to have a well-functioning brain even right now. I'm not 40 yet. I'm 35. I want to have peak performance. So I'm convicted and inspired by this study to get out there, get moving. But we continue to live in this virtual world in our age, right? In addition to hurting our health, sitting in front of computer screens and tapping on our phone constantly and watching endless hours of television, just being plugged into this virtual matrix obviously has health implications. But you know what else? It's doing something else as well. It's changing the perception of our own identity. It's the likes and the comments and the ratings that we get, the perceived feedback that we get. It's like who we are and our personality and our persona, we're getting constant adjustments and then we have to like alter our identity based upon the the crowd's response. This is not normal in human societies. I mean, normally if you're, you know, you, you have a close friend and they mean to ha- may need to have a chat with you. Your family, you know, help, helps refine the, the edges of your character that need adjustment. But now it's like the group mind and the social consensus out there gives you instant immediate feedback. And you're, if you're outside that norm, if you're outside the, the cultural mores of our age, and you're going to be hit with all sorts of, you know, uh, Feedback, you might call it, but, you know, we usually use that word in a positive sense. It's almost as if we're entering into this social media experience of a massive exercise in just public judgment overruling what the Bible might tell you to do, what you know is right for yourself as you are following the Lord. It's kind of like this collective shaming and, you know, Almost a a bullying thing is what you call it when it's children, but when it's adults, we call it wanting to be perceived as being respectable and being conventional. And you know what? Sometimes we just have to toss all of that out and say, I don't care what anybody thinks or perceives or says about me. I'm going to take criticism if I follow the truth and I follow what I know I need to do. So being respectably conventional may be perceived as being a positive thing, but sometimes the Lord is calling us to be radically unconventional in our commitment to him, being willing to stand apart and be different. Who were all the great leaders at the time of Jesus and the apostles and the Protestant Reformation throughout history? There's a wonderful quote by Mark Twain where he said, in the beginning of a change, the patriot, as he called him, you, you might apply this to any situation where the person who is the renegade, the trailblazer, the truth teller, the truth seeker, is a scarce man, hated and feared and scorned. But in time, when his cause succeeds, the timid join him, because then it costs nothing to be one of these renegades, what he calls the patriot. Isn't that quite something? Now, I have a whole lot more news about stress because people are so worried about what others will think of them and their, their perception of their own performance. 
that we were talking about Alzheimer's, how, how to avoid Alzheimer's, you know, exercise. This one out of the Northern Californian, high stress could be linked to Alzheimer's disease, according to research. 30% increased risk of Alzheimer's when you have a high stress lifestyle. I think on a future broadcast, we'll have to talk about how to manage stress and how to allow stress to energize you because stress isn't necessarily a bad thing in moderation, in the sweet spot. We'll get into that another time. Keep tuning in, 11thHourDispatch.com. To financially support this broadcast, visit 11thHourDispatch.com. Here's Scott Ritzema with another final minute message. Could it be, asks Dr. Wolfgang Stefani, a musicologist, that by fostering a homogenized global musical style, increasingly visible in the Christian music culture, that the stage is being set for a global religious identity response, a response that would allow people of all nations, of all religious backgrounds to say, yes, this is who I am. This is my music for being happy and religious, and I am a part of it. I am right at home now. The last day deception, bringing everybody together, hypnotic induction, and everybody walks and marches right off the cliff because the music has told them to feel happy and religious and like I am a part of the great oneness of mankind. The feelings dictated to us by music will overpower the reason because of the kinds of music we've accustomed ourselves to listening to on a regular basis. Brought to you by BeltofTruthMinistries.org.